Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. Mark Bennett coming to you, recorded from the recently scratched Toyota Prius recording studio. That's right. The fucking car got scratched. I got run into a pole, basically. I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. It starts with that goddamn gym. The gym that will not be named, but rhymes with hoodwife. Christ almighty. Not the same gym. Like, you guys, long-time listeners to the podcast, you're like, Mark, you're disparaging the gym? Where you and your brothers in muscular arms work out in the same vicinity as one another and have formed a lifelong bond because of it? Nick the bodybuilder? Hisham the Egyptian prison guard? Steve the great Canadian athlete? Beardy? Our mortal nemesis? No, it's a different one. I went to a different hoodwife, and I had to, because I have a child now. I have a one-year-old baby. Most of you know. Those of you who are new to the podcast, get with the program, listen to all the episodes. But I'll recap for you. I have a child. All right, now I'm taking care of this child in the daytime because I'm free. Free in the day. Used to be free as a bird. Now I'm a prisoner of my own design. I was thinking about it just as an aside. Comedians. I was watching the show Saturday night. I was just hanging out at the the comedy bar here in Toronto. And uh, these just comics going up there just drunk talking about, you know, uh, after the show was over, they're like, hey, where do you want to eat? Do you guys eat yet today? Like, just fucking they don't they don't think about anything. They don't think about food. And why? I didn't either. Why would you? He just, I'm, I got a set tonight, so I'll, I'll grab, I don't know, Subway or McDonald's or some shit and just shove it into my pie hole and go up and tell jokes. You know? And I, we're, me and Sarah, we're planning meals all the time for this fucking little rug rat. And you just, you have to be an adult. You have no choice when you have a child. You got to grow up and it fucking sucks. You know, being all responsible. But anyway, I am now the caretaker of this child from 9 to 5, much to the chagrin of the child himself and society as a whole, I am sure. But um, I like to try to go to the gym. I got I got the bad bones. I need to try to stay in shape. I need to try to keep the bones as tip-top as I can. And it's very difficult, obviously, to go to the gym when you have a, a baby. So the hoodwife gyms, some of them have child-minding facilities. Now, the one next to my apartment, which was a five-minute walk, which I used to go to every day, this fucking place closed down their child-minding three weeks before Sarah went back to work. Like a fucking joke. Literally, I've been going to that gym for six years, and they've always had a child-minding service. And they close it three weeks before I need it. Like, I just fucking... I, can you, are you kidding me? So the next closest one is a block away, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in Toronto, that means driving through 10,000 construction sites, trying to park. You can't park anywhere. You can't park anywhere in Toronto. And um, But this, this place, this, this hoodwife fitness... It has validated parking, it says. And I, I called to make sure. And they said, yes, it does. And I show up, 
baby in my arms. Um, well, first, actually, I should say before I have the baby in my arms at the gym, I am looking for the parking lot. I can't find it. Now, that's no surprise because Toronto, the parking lots are hidden often in the basement of buildings. And so I just I I park at the parking lot across the street and I have to pay five bucks. I'm like, fuck it. I was already late. We're run, we're running late. So you got the kid. The schedule doesn't let you just do whatever the fuck you want. He's asleep from 10 to 1130. The child minding is only from 9 to 1 p.m. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. He's sleeping through most of it, so you got to rush to the gym. And, of course, don't forget, he eats lunch at 12.30. And if he doesn't get his lunch, he throws a fucking fit, as you would. You know, it's lunchtime. Give me some goddamn lunch. Don't sit around with your bench pressing. I get it. I got to give him Got to give him the food. So so we're talking about, from I have about from 11.30 to 12.30 to work out if we get to the gym on time. We're already running late. It's already after 11.30. So I'm like, fuck it. I don't know where the Hoodwife parking lot is. I'll just park next door in their parking lot. It was five bucks. I'm like, whatever, I'll eat it. I'll ask the people at the gym where the parking lot is when I get there. Then it'll be fine from now on. Get upstairs. And I, I ask for the manager because I've been emailing with this manager because she's been telling me, yes, we have validated parking, and I'll give you a free pass to the child mining service so you don't have to pay because it's a $7 drop-in every time. You can sign up for the month, so it's $14 for the month or $7 each time. No, $30 for the month, $7 each time. So obviously you want to sign up for the month, but I'm not even sure if the baby's going to like it. So I tell her I'm going to do a trial basis. And she said, yeah, I'll get you a free pass. It's going to be great. I said, thanks, whatever your name is, Fazila, I think. I can't remember. Who gives a shit? It had a Z and an F in it. That's all I know. And uh, I show up, I say, hey, is Fazila here? And perhaps I offended them already because it probably wasn't her name. And uh, some lady comes out, kind of hot. Didn't expect that. You know, but she was. I suppose at a gym, maybe you should. It's just I haven't seen anyone working at the gyms that's hot. Is that just me? Like, once in a while, you'll get one little Twinkie girl at the desk. You know, like, hi, welcome. Welcome to Hoodwife. Hood can I... God, I almost said the name. Welcome to Hoodwife. Can I uh, scan your pass? Hmm? Hmm? You want to look at my boobs? Yep, already done. But, you know, normally people in positions of prominence at the gym, I find they're not, uh, like, beardy. Like, beardy from many stories past. You get, Beardy is no Adonis. Weird-looking dude with a beard. Not in shape, even though he's the head personal trainer. I don't know how the fuck that happens. A couple of the personal trainers are pretty good looking. Anyway, I'm all, I, that's, listen, I got distracted. What I'm saying is, I, I meet up with Fazila. Now, I, I've already paid $5, and I'm in kind of a weird parking lot underground. I got a baby in my arms who has never been left alone by one of his parents. He's always had one of us with him up to this point every moment of his life. And uh, he's just a year old. I I asked the the uh, people at the desk in Fazila so about the parking validated. They were like, "Oh, we don't validate parking." It's like, "Are you? What are you fucking talking about?" I didn't I didn't say that. I got a baby in my arms. I gotta be I gotta be normal. I gotta be responsible. Can't be swearing. So I said, uh, "Well, you said there was validated parking." I said, "Oh, I mean after five p.m. 
we validate after 5 p.m. So why the fuck would you do that? What sense does that make? And more people work out after 5 p.m. So that means you got plenty of parking spaces. There's like 10 people who work out before 5 p.m. People who have babies. You don't have any parking spots for those people? Honest to fucking God. So I'm like, all right, fine, fine then. And so then Fizzila, she, I think her name is Fizzila, she has the nerve to say to me, so do you, do you want to just sign up for the, for the program, for the child minding program right now that, you know, it'll save you money in the long run because you'll just pay 30 bucks a month. And I said, well, now that I have to pay $5 in parking every single time, maybe not actually. She was like, oh, it's like, yeah, Fazila. Oh, also. You said you validated park. I told you. I told her the hours I'd be coming. Like, it's one thing. You can't hide behind. We all, oh, we only validate after five. You were just trying to get me in the door, Fazila, to sell me this childminding service that I'm not going to take if I got to pay. Like, because now, okay, so now you pay the gym membership. You also pay the $30 childminding fee, and I have to pay parking every time. Like, it's adding up, Fazila. It's adding up. And I don't like the bullshit you gave me. I don't like that. You, I told you the hours I was coming in. I said I'll be working out because that's like none of the. Hey, here's more, more backup for me that she was, she was pulling a fast one to talk like a guy from the 60s. Is that the child mining service, as I told you, was only from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. So in what world, Fazila, was I showing up to be validated after 5 p.m. for the child minding, which does not occur after 5 p.m.? Makes no sense. You're busted. You're busted, lady. So obviously I'm not in a good mood. I'm not in a good mood now. But I tell you what, I'm with, while I'm telling those people, Basically, go fuck yourself. In my head, I'm still thinking, yeah, I'll probably just pay the parking because if there's a way to get a couple of workouts in a week and Ch- and Sam is at this, you know, facility having a good time, then that'll be nice. So I take him in and it's a couple of ladies who are uh man in the room and um, I plop Sam down. Next to one of the ladies, he starts immediately playing with some balls. He loves balls. And uh, everything looks good. So I say to Sam, okay, see you later. I'm going to be back in about 45 minutes. He doesn't even look at me. He's too busy. I'm like, sweet. So I walk out. Everything's fine. I do two sets. I'm watching my my watch, my stopwatch, and it says I've been away for three minutes and 30 seconds. I figure... I'll just pop my head back in the room, check on them, see how it's going, just to make sure everything's fine. Walk over to the room, stick my head into the window, and I see Sam just sitting in the middle of the floor, flapping his arms and crying. So clearly, he's not adjusting well to being left alone. The uh, little worker lady 
She has taken some snacks that I had brought for Sam in case he got hungry. And she's putting them in his face and he is promptly batting them to the ground. Just in no uncertain terms, he's like, fuck you, lady. I don't want your goddamn food. I'm upset. My father's abandoned me. Don't try to bribe me with these treats. And he saw me because I walked in. Because I I can't have this happen. I'm not going to have the little boy panicked. So uh, I walk in and he sees me and he stretches his arms out to me. "Ah!" Clearly, it was that's exactly what it was. He was terrified because he turned around and his dad wasn't there and he doesn't speak English. So there was no way to tell him, oh, he's just around the corner. Don't worry about it. He doesn't get it. And I pick him up and he stops crying immediately. And then I'm thinking, you know what? Because the ladies were like, oh, he'll adjust, you know, he'll uh, just take up a couple more times and he'll, he'll get used to it. So I started thinking, well, maybe I'll stay then for a little while and get him used to the play area. And then an eight-year-old girl rounds the corner and coughs in my face. And by coughing, I mean, like, whooping cough. I'm pretty sure she needed to go to the hospital. I have never seen a little girl cough like this. Literally, she folded her two arms on her stomach, leaned over, like, like, like she had was vomiting after a snake bite. She was... She sounded like a 50-year-old teamster after smoking a pack of cigarettes. She fucking ridiculous. And obviously, if she's coughing in my face, I'm holding the baby. So I look at the ladies who are running the fucking place. I give them, like, the old hand up, like, the what the fuck, guys? I thought there was some kind of policy about not having really sick children around other children. Like, Sam was a year old. He wasn't the youngest. There are moms who are trying to get back in shape after going, you know, after just having kids. There was a baby there who was about eight weeks old, just swaying in a little uh, bassinet. And this little friggin' chick is coughing all over the baby. Like, for fuck's sake! You know, and to the parent who is probably a listener of the podcast, I'm assuming, to the parent of this fucking little girl. Who who are you? I really need to get my workout in. I don't give a flying fuck about anybody else's children. So I'm going to take my should-be-hospitalized child and let her cough all over infants. Like, sure, for fuck's sake, she's eight or nine years old. She can almost babysit herself. Hire a fucking neighbor down the street if you... For, for 10 bucks? Honest to fucking God. Like, there are babies now who are going to have to go to the hospital because of this little girl. I exaggerate not at all in this situation. Like, honest to fucking God. So, I'm sure you can imagine my level of irritation at this point. So, I just, I, I leave. And the ladies are like, you sure you don't want to stay? I'm like, uh, no. I look at the little girl again. I look back at him. I was like, no, we're good. For fuck's sake. So now I get in the car. Well, I carry Sam back to that parking lot, underground parking lot. 
and I start to drive out of the parking lot. It's a narrow one. So, like, if you have two cars, I, I'm trying to go up the ramp. If there was a car coming down the ramp, there would barely be enough room for the two cars. So, obviously, I'm driving up slow to make sure that happens. And a fucking construction worker, somebody who's working in the building, clearly, in a pickup truck comes barreling down the middle of the fucking ramp. Going what? 50? 60? Straight down the gut. So I have to turn the card in order to not be hit. He has to turn his truck in order to not be hit. And so he's now off to the side of the wall. I am wedged up against a pole. Neither of us can go anywhere because of this fucking idiot. So I back up the car because I can't go forward or I would just go into the truck. I back up the car and I hear the worst fucking sound you could possibly hear when you're driving a goddamn car. And I scream, fuck! To the guy who was driving the pickup truck, I saw him visibly jump because I screamed so loud that I frightened the shit out of him. And he also probably thought, this man is clearly going to come fight me to the death. He doesn't know I have the bad bones. He doesn't know I can't fight anybody. Now, it's, so in this situation, I think it might have been a good thing that I had the osteoporosis. Because I may have wanted to fight that guy. Now, you know what? I got a baby in the back. I probably, I'm sure I would have. Either way, didn't even think about it. Because also, too, I know, what grounds do I have to stand on? I really, I'm the one moving my own car. Yes, he fucked me over. He, But he didn't hit me. He just put me in a situation where basically I had no choice other than scrape my own fucking car or plow into his car. And I scream, fuck, so loud. Then, followed by a goddammit. And then the blind rage subsides for a second as I realize my one-year-old is probably scared shitless now listening to his dad scream like that. And I look in the little rearview mirror we have, because you can't, the, the seat is facing the opposite way. Little babies in car seats, they have to be rear-facing. So we have a mirror set up so I can see his face. So my mirror looks into his mirror. And he is just singing and eating his cookie. Didn't give a shit. Apparently doesn't care at all if his dad loses his mind. So that was comforting, at least. So the level of rage I have now at this point is is off the charts. And I am immediately tracing it back to the fact that my hood wife closed their child-minding facility three weeks before I needed it. If these fuckers hadn't have done that, none of this shit would be happening. My son wouldn't have felt abandoned. I wouldn't have scraped my recording studio. I wouldn't have paid five bucks at the parking lot. I paid a parking lot five dollars so I could damage my car. I wanted to cancel my membership. That was what I was about to do. And then I realized, A, I'm paid up for the year. And B, there's no other gyms around. They've got me by the balls. I fucking hate them. I hate them.
That's why they hire guys like Beardy. Because they're a fucking terrible organization. I hate their guts. But what am I going to do? Not work out? Then my bones are just going to fall off. Anyway, to put your mind at ease, the scrape on the car wasn't so bad. And when all was said and done, it looked really bad. Like all the way on the uh, passenger doors, the two doors, and then the, the little plasticky bumper. But it was mostly black paint, I guess, from the, from the pole that I scraped. Once I wiped it clean, there's a very difficult-to-perceive scrape along the door. And then the little plastic bumper is a little more beaten up. But I already had a few scrapes on it. So it's not, you know. It made me a little calm once I cleaned up the car. And you know what? I took out Sam and I realized if I had traumatized him from the screaming uh, and, well, the abandoning him, then the screaming. That's, a, that's the two things that his father did with him in an hour. Abandoned him and then screamed like a psychopath. He's like, this is a whole new side of my dad that I did not realize existed. He, uh, seemingly, he was full of love and care. And all of a sudden, he just leaves me with a couple of Filipino ladies. And then screams like he's going to kill another man in a truck. You got to control that shit, guys. You got to do it. I, I didn't control myself. It wasn't as bad as it would have been if I hadn't had a child. I'm sure I would have went off much more ridiculously. But uh, I calmed myself as much as I could. But I got to do better than that. You got to do better than that. These things, they're just, they're just cars, you know? And it's just a bit of frustration with those fucking Fazila and her bullshit excuses. It's just, you gotta let it go. You can't worry about that shit. And you know what? I might end up using this fucking childminding service. I might do it. Because what choice do I have? I suppose we could hire like a nanny for a while. But now we're paying 20 bucks an hour for the nanny for me to go to the gym. That seems a little ridiculous. I could just go in the night, I suppose. But I'm pretty tired, guys. After taking care of the baby all day and then sometimes I drag myself to a stand-up show. Though I will say about the gym, I would like to get in better shape. But I don't want to be in the type of shape where you need to take your shirt off. I don't know what the fuck is going on here in Toronto. But I cannot walk past a park bench or like a little dog park or just in general walking down the street and some dude will just be shirtless. Like he's, they're always ripped. And that's the thing. He's like, I guess when you're in really good shape, the temptation to take off your shirt is so great that you just you need to do it. So I don't ever, I don't ever want. I just got a text message from a podcast listener who's also a friend of mine. And she wants an update on Daddy Daycare on the podcast. I guess she's finished all the podcasts. Well, you're, you're getting one. You're getting one right now. I mean, this technically hasn't been published yet, but it will be in about two hours. So uh, to my friend Laura, 
you texted during the podcast when I had already updated Daddy Daycare. I have more to say about it, though. I do have more to say about it, and I'll, I'll say it. But first, I'll finish the shirt thing. Just, I don't ever want to be in the type of shape where I can't resist taking off my shirt. And I'm not Nick the bodybuilder. He doesn't seem to pop off his shirt all the time. Did you ever see that Matthew McConaughey impression of uh, from Matt Damon on David Letterman? If you haven't, look it up. It is fucking funny. And that's why I just reminded myself of it when I said, pop your shirt off. Because he, he was doing the impression. And he's like, hey, Dave, you know, we uh, pop our shirts off. And he's just, it was all, every sentence ended with Matthew McConaughey saying, you know, the scene would be a bit better if I uh, pop my shirt off. And it it was funny. Like, my my Matthew McConaughey is only an impression of his impression, which is actually quite good. Uh, you should check it out. But, um, yeah, Nick the Bodybuilder, he doesn't seem to want to take off his shirt in public. In fact, Nick, when I, he shows up at, like, my comedy shows and stuff like that, he's, he's always wearing, like, full long sleeves or jackets. If anything, he goes too far to the other side. So I guess not everybody shares this temptation. But I don't know. Maybe I'd be one of those guys. I guess you wouldn't know until you're in great shape. And all of a sudden, you're just walking the street shirtless. Like a fucking crazy person. It's like one of my friends also, she said that it's a it's a curse. If a man, if you're with a man, she's a woman, if you're with a man who has a very large penis, you, you're almost never going to stay with this man. Because he's got this thing, this surprise, this thing he's proud of that he wants everybody to know about. So he he takes it out a lot. That's what my friend said. And I I I bet that's uh I bet that's true. So before I get back into the stuff about my day with Sam, my days with Sam, he's he he was acting like a lunatic today. So I'll uh I guess like his dad, I'll uh I'll say first there's an update here. All right? An update on I'm dying up here. That is the show that's on Showtime, I think, produced by Jim Carrey. All right. Now, I when I saw the trailers for this show, I uh, I gave it I gave it the gears. I was like, fuck that show. That looks like a disaster. It looks like an over stylized piece of crap, you know, like uh, like someone trying to rip off a Scorsese movie. Just uh, I could tell it was just awful. And then um, I didn't watch it. And then the reviews came out, and they were pretty bad. And I was like, see, I told you guys. But I still never watched it. And then podcast listeners have said to me that they like it. Some, not all of them. But a couple of people have written me and said they like I'm Dying Up Here. And one of the, one of the people who said that is a comedian, a good comedian, actually. So... I decided, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to watch. I'll watch it. And uh, I got to episode three, and I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out, guys. It's fucking garbage. I tried. I tried my best. I tried to look for the good in it. And there's some good, but it's it's marred with so much bad. My One of my friends said, maybe you don't like it because you're a comedian. And 
it's your day to day and you know how that goes. So it doesn't play real to you. Like she said, like, I always hate shows like uh, ER and uh, like anything about a hospital because she's a nurse. And she said, and it just, it plays so fake to me. I hate it. And I said, you know what? Maybe that's a good point. I do think that that there is an element of that. So when a comedian friend of mine said he liked it, then that kind of blew that theory out of the water. I still think it has something to do with it, at least for me. But the problem with the show, here's the problem. I'm reading reviews on it and everything because I wanted to kind of do this right. I I was going to write down points and then this happened in the episode and here's how this story arc went. I was going to be all cinephile about it, you know, all fancy dancy. But fuck it. That's not how I live my life. I shoot from the hip, guys. I shoot from the motherfucking hip. The show is cheesy. That's its problem. It's cheesy. Not one review did anyone mention the level of cheese that is on this fucking show. It's just so heavy-handed with everything. It's attempt at stand-up. It's the points that they're trying to make. They're they're fucking women's issue. Like they're trying to basically take themes from 2017 um, and make them relatable to something that happened in the 70s. And then they also have like s- s- events that are happening in the 70s going on in the background that they try to equate it to. And it's just so on the nose and so terrible. And you know what it's like? It's it's just, it's like a fucking soap opera. It's like, but like a nighttime one. It's like if Tori Spelling's dad wrote a comedy show. That's what this is like. Whatever the fuck that Spelling guy's name was. Aaron? I don't know. Tori's dad. That's how he should be known. Old, old uh, cave in the tits. Tori Spelling. I don't know why, but that's something I always remembered about her. I guess she had like implants and there was this big gap in the middle. And, you know, I'm sorry, Tori, who's probably a longtime listener of the podcast. I don't mean to just uh, disparage your physical appearance. It's just it's something that's stuck in my head. You know, I just, I just can't forget it. But anyway, that's what it's like. It's like if her dad did a fucking it's like Beverly Hills comedy. It's stupid. Like the like the O.C. Orange comedy. If you need examples of the cheese, I mean, I'll give them from the, I only watched three episodes, uh, but the, 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 oh, the amount of things I'll just try to name, like when the lady comic, she gets, she gets her shot at the main stage because her ex-boyfriend died. I don't fucking know how the storyline makes very little sense. Um, first of all, the character of Melissa Leo where she's like the mama bear of the whole place. It's just fucking so... She's not doing a bad job as an actress, but the shit she's got to work with, honest to God. The writing is terrible. You know, it's just... The comedy... I read one review where I was... Yeah, that's dead on the money, where the guy was saying, it's really hard to get into a show about stand-up comedy and how great these comedians are supposed to be when the stand-up comedy is terrible. It's like, yeah, you're fucking right, bud. You're right on the money there, bud. So this lady, she's on the in the the amateur room or the not big room, and then she wants to graduate to the big room. 
But old Mama Bear, she's like, you're not ready for the big room. I'll tell you when you're ready for the big room. You listen to Mama. I'll tell you. Fucking, ugh. You're sucking at the teat. And I'll tell you when you're ready, little cub. Who's fucking, ugh. Anyway, then she gets her shot. She basically blackmails. She says she'll tell a newspaper some something um, about Melissa Leo's club. Or I don't know, fucking something like that. And so Melissa Leo's like, oh, I guess I can see what kind of person you are. All right, let her, let her get up on stage. And then so she goes, gets up and does the big room, and she starts doing her act, and it's going terribly, as as you would predict with this very predictable show. And um, then she just pauses and just does this fucking melodramatic look around and then just starts spouting off about, my ex-boyfriend died. And I loved him. And then she just goes, and then she does a like a routine that she's, I guess, making up on the spot about how she's blowing him in the back of a Camaro. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's so brilliant. And it's fucking terrible. First of all, the, um, that, look at the cheese there. The idea that some comic finally gets a shot at doing the big room and you're just going up there and you're going to wing it. You know what? I'm just going to talk from the heart, guys. It's going to be so great. You know, Tig Notaro, when she did her friggin' cancer thing where that everybody raved about, she did an hour-long show about about having cancer. She found out she had cancer the day before, She and she sat down and she wrote as many jokes about it as she could. She got up. She was ready for it. You don't just get up and fucking wing it. I just, I'm just going to... Let's go. And then she gets like a standing ovation. It's like, guys, go fuck yourselves. And and also the brilliant material that she came up with was was her miming a pile of blowjobs. Just guys, seriously, suck a dick. Not not mime a dick on stage for a bit. I mean go suck a real dick. All the producers of that show. Unless you like sucking dicks, then don't. And then, like, it, the, but the worst part was when uh, the young guys. So there, there's two cliques: the guys who are doing pretty well, and then the new young guys. And these three young guys, who are the best part of the show, the two uh, white guys and the one black guy. I like those three the most. And um, they're trying to eat at a restaurant, and then the popular comics come in they all sit at a table together and the other kids sit at a different table and then they have like a little exchange back and forth and um al madrigal or whatever his name is who i like i liked him on the daily show i like him as a as a performer you know but he's he's acting in this show right so he he can only do what they tell him to do anyway he uh plays a mexican comedian who's rough around the edges and he says something, I think, racist to the black guy. And he says, oh, what are you laughing at? And uh, then the black guy goes, oh, I'll tell you what I'm laughing at. And the camera like does this slow zoom into the black kid's face. And he said, I'm laughing at because I was fucking your mom last night. And I fucked her so hard that your grandmother started to come. And it's just, I'm sorry to my audience out there of uh, seven-year-olds. Sorry that that sounded so vulgar, but that is word for word the fucking show. It gets much, much worse than that. And he just goes on and on 
and it gets more explicit and it's very long winded. And then at the end of it, the, the table of cool kids, they give the guy, they buy him a plate of fries and they give him the cheers. And the Mexican guy is like, gives him a nod, like, Hey man, you're all right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, oh, you earned your stripes. You, you showed us. Like, first of all, the absurdity that a comic would, they be in an insult battle and another, and the, the black kid would come up with all these great insults so that the other people would be so impressed that they now accept him as one of their own. The idea that if you've ever met a comedian or an artist, and if one guy insulted the other guy and the other guy insulted him back, there would be either a fist fight or they would never speak to each other again. They're, they're sensitive people. They don't go, oh, good for you. You put me in my place. So even if, even if that was a thing that could happen, the way he impressed these guys was basically with the I fucked your mom jokes. Just the the most base, useless stuff you'd say if you were 12 years old. Oh, well, you know what I'm laughing at? That I was fucking your mom. And they, they treat it as a pivotal moment in the show. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, you know... To, to the guys out there who like the show, maybe I'm overly critical. Maybe I am. Maybe you just, you think it's a nice, fun show. And it has its moments. Ugh. The only part of the show I liked was when the guy got hit by the bus. And uh, that's not a spoiler. I mean, it's basically how the show starts. Guy gets hit by a bus. Yeah, the show is, I don't know, it's cheesy. It's boring. It's fucking boring. I have no interest in anyone. I don't care what happens to any of them. I hope they all get hit by a fucking bus. Just, that's that's how I'd watch the show. Every episode, at least one of them gets run over by a bus. I'm in then, guys. Melissa Leo, she's, I want her to go first. I don't know, man. She was all right in The Fighter. Right? But, I don't know. Like, she's clearly a better actress than all the people on the show. I'll say that. She's a much better actress. And also, could you not have gotten comedians to, to be comedians on the show? I know Al Madrigal is one. Maybe a couple of other ones are comedians. But Jesus. Jesus. Are, are there comedians writing it? It doesn't feel like it. I, I should have looked that up. I apologize for the very non-in-depth review, I just assume comedians aren't writing it because of how bad it is. But you know what? To be fair, I know a lot of comedians on lots of shows, lots of bad shows, and they're good comedians. It's just a lot of times you're handcuffed. You're handcuffed by the, the director or the, the showrunner or the, the network itself. Or you're, you're handcuffed by lots of things where you don't get to write what you'd like to write. So even if there are stand-up comedians writing it who are good stand-up comedians, they may not be able to write what they want to write. Anyway, that's my advice. 
If that gets a season two, which it will not, I, I, I'll go on record and say that ain't getting a season two. Jim Carrey himself will have to star in it to get season two. But my advice, guys, Jim, if you're listening, just keep hitting the cast with a bus. And now I'll talk about, before I go, my child's... Oh, I don't know what he's doing. He just started yelling at 5.15 today and didn't stop yelling until 8. And that's not good. You know, because he just had his vaccines. He just had the MMR vaccine because he's one year old. That's the Jenny McCarthy vaccine. So she says that gives kids autism. And uh, the doctor laughed, actually, when I called it the Jenny McCarthy vaccine. I wasn't, I wasn't joking, but that's what I call it. But that's how prominent it is. Our, our pediatrician knew exactly what I was talking about. So obviously, every scientific study will say that it does not, in fact, cause autism in any way, shape, or form. But when he started acting like a lunatic today, you, you can't help, you can't help but think. Like, why, why is he doing that? But other than that three-hour freakout he just had, he's, he's such a great baby. Guys, you know what? I don't want to be one of those guys, you know, who sits around bitching and moaning. You know, I said I was a prisoner of my own design earlier in the podcast. I know, I admit that. And I do feel a little bit like that sometimes and that, that, you know, you can't exactly pursue what you wanted to pursue full-time all the time. I mean, look, we're not 20 years old with a million dollars. You know, we're, we're adults. We get older. And, and you know, yeah, I can't run down to Los Angeles and do a million different things. But I'm also almost 40 years old. That's, that time is done, even if I didn't have a child. So what I'm saying is, what I don't want to be is one of those guys who's like, oh, you know fucking kids sucks having kids it doesn't it's the best thing it's the best thing in the world it's so good that I keep reminding myself hey man you're a comedian make sure you don't forget to you know book shows and do some stuff you can't just hang out with your baby all day he's so great he's always trying to make me laugh I'm like no dude that's my job I'm supposed to make you laugh. But he's, no, no, Dad. No, Dad. You make the public laugh. I'll make you laugh. He's a great little boy. What he does, though, right now is he point, he asks what everything is. But he can't speak English or French. So he says, dis, dis. That means, what's this? And he will point at buttons on my shirt and go, dis, dis. And I'll say, that's a button. And then he'll point at my nose and go, dis, dis. And I'll say, that's my nose. And then he'll point back at my button and go, dis, dis. And he will do that for three to four hours. It's, uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to keep up with it. I mean, that, that's why parents are so exhausted. It's not necessarily like the physical exhaustion. It's just that... They don't get tired of learning things because they're so new. They're little scientists. They're always trying to figure the world out. And it's your job 
Well, to keep them alive, but it's also your job to try to help them out. You know, I'm not sending them to daycare. He's not he's not getting exposed to well-trained teachers. He's just got me. So if he asks me what my nose is called, I'm going to fucking tell him. I'm going to tell him every time he asks. My wife came home from work and uh, she started laughing because he was saying, this, this, pointing at everything. I'm like, yeah, this is all day long. All day long. We were at uh, a drop-in center today and he held up a plate and a cup and this this those two things for the full hour and a half we were there the people who were at the drop-in center must have thought i was a crazy person because they were off playing like there was two other children there and and they and the two moms with them and so they were sort of playing together and me and sam were more off in a corner because sam didn't like one of those babies so we needed our space i i, I get that I'm I'm all for it. I saw that kid too. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. The kid was just making this sound like Aah! the whole time. So I was like, who wants to be next to that shit? So Sam moved away. So they can't see the parents, I mean. They can't see the fact that Sam keeps holding up a plate, going dis dis, then holding up a cup to get me to say what they are. So they so from the other side of the room, all they hear is me go, a plate, a cup, a plate. A cup, a plate, like for literally 30 minutes. And I'm like, you know what? I don't fucking care. That's right. I'm a dad in this place called Mothercraft, by the way. Fucking honest to God. Because everything's about the mom. Well, this is daddy daycare. All right? And daddy daycare sits down and says plate and cup for a half an hour because he don't give a shit. I'm out for my boy. I'm out for number one. And that that's Sam. I don't care if it sounds annoying to you people. Why don't you go on home and watch I'm Dying up here or whatever shit you want to watch. So that's it for the podcast today. I'm going to go upstairs now. My wife uh, was just trying to put Sam to bed. Judging by how insane he was being, I bet that went very, very poorly. So I'll find out all about it. And uh, I'll let you know on the next podcast what's going on with Daddy Daycare and stand-up. Maybe I'll do more TV show reviews, guys. Right? I did Master of None with Aziz and Zari. I've done uh, this one. I'm dying up here with a bunch of fucking people i don't know melissa leo i guess i don't know what i'll do next give me your suggestions give me your suggestions and i'll rant off the cuff about a show i may have tuned into Ooh, maybe i'll talk about the defenders marvel's defenders i started watching that a little while ago who knows guys the possibilities are endless thanks so much for listening this is mark joseph bennett coming from the recently scratched toyota prius recording studio I said shut up, and good night.